0: And welcome everyone to episode 49 of the VGC Trainer School podcast, where we focus on the competitive side of Pokemon. Whether you are a ladder scholar or newcomer to VGC, we will help you learn. Class is in session. I'm Jake, and I'm joined today by two spectacular co hosts, Tyler and Tony. Welcome in, gentlemen uh tyler we'll start with you how is it going
1: it's been a bit yo diggity it has been a little bit um i think actually last time i was on here it was uh it was the uh the, the tyler and john post peoria special yeah that's so right it already feels like the meta has really shifted since then
0: what, how, how so what uh what do you what do you uh what is different from when you were
1: first checking out um in peoria Oh, I don't know. I just I wanted to say that it felt obligatory, right? Like, Fair just enough. Yeah. like one of those things that I just wanted to say. I I've I'm, truth be told, um, I've been so swamped with work lately. <laughs> swamp, shout out to swamp, that <laughs> I've not really been able to pay much attention to Pokemon. I've kind of been glancing here and there, checking, you know, people's stats, how everybody's kind of doing. Um, but I'm popping in and out of regionals trying to sort of focus on it. You know, I watched a little bit of L A I C this past weekend, but um, I really haven't much had much time to sit down and really scope out what the meta looks like now. I did see a Reggie Alecki, so I'm sure we'll talk about that later. Oh, absolutely! Uh, You're also in the uh, you're doing doing very well in the draft league though too. Oh my gosh, yes! The draft league has been so much fun. Um, We've got we're in our last regular season week. We've got one more, um, and then we'll go into playoffs. I think you and I are both guaranteed. Yeah, yeah. It's been really fun, man. It's been really fun. I have been I've been annoying people with gravnosis, and not just because I've been using it. Um, in fact, I've only used it once, and it was just this past match that I played. Um, just the simple fear of it existing has been throwing people way off. It's been really funny to see. Yeah,
0: sometimes just like having having both of them, you know, Espathra and Sableye, on the field, at the, or like on in your just team preview is enough to make people afraid let alone have them in your actual lineup so uh but that's cool it's uh you definitely brought it out to great success last week so we'll see how uh week seven shapes up but cool as i said great to have you back and it's nice to talk to you again because yeah last time you were on i wasn't so it's been even longer since you and i both chatted and also on the pod tony welcome in buddy how are you doing
2: I just want to give a quick shout out to say 20 more episodes and we'll be on the coolest episode ever.
0: Let's just get the 51st, but, but yes, yes. uh, 20 more episodes. And we're we're,
2: like each episode will be like five seconds until we get to that episode.
0: (laughs) Just mass release a
2: bunch and that way we can get to it. Makes sense. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Uh, But other than that, um, yeah, you know, I've been popping in and out. I kind of took a little break because I realized after sitting down, um, I've only been playing Pokemon and RPG games, which is just fancy Pokemon, and uh, I, ha- I had a break away for a little bit before I burned myself out too hard, but I came back, so I'm nice. back.
0: Nice. Nice. Yeah. Avoiding burnout is such a is such a big thing, especially if you are like preparing for a regional or just playing in between or something like that, because sometimes it's like if you if you go too hard for too too long, you just you kill that drive to want to keep going. You know? Oh, definitely. And, uh, taking a break here and there is uh, is always good. I know that very well.
2: I know you just you disappeared and then you won a local. Let's give that a shout out.
0: <laughs> yeah that's true yeah i've actually been like this is like the, the most vgc stuff that i've done in a while because yeah i finally went to my my first my first local it was it was very cool it was very very cool honestly it was at a uh it, it was like a side event at a comic-con down in delaware so i knew going in i was like all right i don't know how well i'm going to do but worst case scenario i can just walk around and look at some like cool you know figurines and posters and uh artwork and stuff like that and that was really neat it was in a sears you know a former former sears so it was like a very big open location there was a bunch of people in cosplay which was which was nice the actual the actual local itself was only four people including me and that was also my buddy and i that drove down together so it was like the two of us and then we met these other two guys javier and carlos which they were just total dudes We had such a good time, even like the tournament organizer. He was a very cool guy. He was a little underprepared. He didn't have like paper for a printer to be able to actually have the open team sheets. So we wrote them all out on scrap notebook paper that I had. But there was something oddly charming about the total lack of production value, where it was just distilled down to the essence of guys meeting up to play pokemon together and that was fun i brought a psy spam team that john gross for me i know right it's but the reason i was okay with it is because it had uh rock ogre and okie dokie and that felt like different enough that it wasn't just regular psy spam and i ended up going I was 2-0 and after my first two rounds, and then I played the guy that was... I played Carlos. He was o two 2 at the time, but his team was so bulky, I couldn't break through it because I knew going in that Rillaboom was going to be a little bit of an issue because of the ability to pivot and change the terrain. And I also knew that... Heatran was going to be an issue because it just soaks up the psychic damage plus the armor cannon that I had on Armor Rouge. So that's why I have Okie for the Fairy Terra um, Heatran, which is very common. Well, he also had Melodic. So the combination of that Fire, Water, Grass core, I just could not break through it because he also had Scarf Lando and Booster Fluttermane. And it went to game three and I lost, which was, which was kind of neat because then it resulted in me being 2-1, and also, my friend that I drove down with also being two one, so we got to play again for the for the finals and the championship. And I did; I was able to to take it home. But it was just a great experience. the The guy, the Carlos that that I lost to, he realized the reference that I made with my nicknames of them being spells from Baldur's Gate three, and then we just started talking about that a bunch. We shared contact information at the end with with everybody that was there. Told them about the podcast. So Javier and Carlos, if you're listening, you guys are really cool. And uh yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. It
2: was it was a phenomenal first experience for sure. Does it you put that drive back in you where it's like fuck maybe I do want to like do another year competitive? Does it well, does it like it get
0: did that? that- And then I took the the team on ladder this evening and I lost immediately. And I was like, I this is why I don't play. This is this is it. And then I just like uninstalled the game. No, Uh,
1: but
0: but I was like, all right, well, this is that that's the ladder experience. You're at the highest of high and then you immediately crash down. So that's Um, true. But we are not here to just talk about that because there was quite a lot that happened over this weekend. But also something that released just today, which is really cool that we were able to record almost immediately following that. Because today is the 21st of November, the same day as the hands on preview that Joe from Cerebi released. Is his name Joe Cerebi? I always just know it as but is his name Joe Cerebi? Like, is that his last mm-hmm. name? No, his name is Merrick, Joe Merrick. Oh, right. Okay. I mean, where does Sarah B come
1: it, from? Do we know? Celebi? Is that it? Sarah I, I believe he mentioned it at some point. I cannot remember what I his think. I think was.
2: it's Celebi because that's the logo. That's like, yeah. the brand. Oh, okay. Sarah
0: Okay. And the net always confused me. Uh, but I, just, I, he's just I, had ask it for Will. so Long, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. Will, Will's a
2: programmer, I think. <laughs> He works
0: at Google, sure. <laughs> well, it doesn't help the algorithm, because when I was looking for .com, Serebine.com, you know, it just never showed up. But anyway, I digress. We might because we, it. we do have a lot to cover today. We have some news, of course, and then we're going to jump into a little bit of the preview of the Indigo disk before f- ultimately getting to LAIC, which concluded over the weekend, which had some phenomenal teams and players and a great showing for the first international championship of VGC 2024. But first, let's get into the news. So, Tony, can you please
2: take this first one? I bet you're all super excited about this, because I sure as hell know that I am. Kinda, I guess. So, the next seven-star raid has been announced, and guess what type it is? It is Terra Water Hiswin Samarach. Woo! There was no reason to say it like that but i'm gonna keep it that way anyways
0: that's pretty accurate
2: yeah so i had to put a little pizzazz on that but yeah so it will be running this coming weekend get your heathman samurai with the mightiest mark it might mean something in the indigo disc i'm ho- i sure as hell hope so and yeah i mean there's not much to say it's heathman samurai Terra water Ooh. is it no. only
0: running this weekend no, it'll probably be next weekend, too. I just didn't bother finishing <laughs> the news article like the news piece because it's like, it's so uninspiring.
2: It, it really is. So, like, the, the the thing that I don't like about the Hesu Seven Star Raids is they're just their base types and it's like, oh, that's kind of fucking lame. But, like, I get it because it's like, you already had, like, terrifying decidui and uh Terror Ghost Typhlosion which was kind of, it's cool, but like, you know, we already have Ghost Fire Typhlosion, so it's like, oh. And then we had Terra, Terra Bug Samurott, which no one was excited for, but I was excited for it spiritually.
1: All right. So, well,
0: well, we'll we'll see what we'll see what comes of it. That, that would be neat if they did tie something to to the Mightiest Mark. And then I saw ku mess tweeted something about the Mightiest Mark again, so maybe they'll continue doing more of these. I don't know. I'm telling you.
2: They're going to have a form. This is my theory. They're all going to have a form, and the it's going to be form. like, yeah, it's going to be like the, oh, the Mighty Power Rangers. Anyways, ignore me. <laughs> um, no, it's going to be like the Ogre Mask, where it's like Ogre Pond has like a form when it, uh, I was about to say Digivolves, when it uh, Tears. And uh, I think that's going to be the same idea behind the Mightiest Marks, just based off of some riddles. But, you know, that's it's all speculation. And in the air, you can believe whatever you want. Pikachu is going to be a washing machine. Sure. Sure. You didn't see that one? That's a different thing.
0: No, I just thought it was water, but I I, I get it. I get it. Uh, Let's uh, let's move on before (laughs) this this devolves further. (laughs) Uh, So the next news piece, uh, Tyler,
1: please sure um we're done with the the crackpot theories of our friend over there um let's talk about some real serious news here so <laughs> this upcoming weekend uh we actually have two regionals that are happening around the globe the first one will be in gdansk poland oh, i have to sorry when i read that my brain went we Gdansk, we gdansk, everybody throw up your hands um and then the second one safety. is going to be yeah right doing the safety dance and then the second one is going to be in brisbane australia that one i know for certain that our friend jack from the podcast will be competing and we wish him very much luck in that now back jack
0: he has been grinding like oh yeah multiple accounts in the top 100 on best of three i think ladder which is insane like dude is going absolutely nuts and he's talked about his locals being like super cutthroat, where people would figure out what his name was in various tournaments. That way they could then go against him. The Brisbane regional is gonna be insane. So I'm I'm really pulling for him. I, I it would be awesome to see him him do well and uh you know, really make a name for himself because he certainly put the time in for sure.
2: Well, I think this is I don't know how many regionals Australia has, but since losing OCIC, this is like one of their only chances. Yeah. You know, so this is actually huge. Like, depending on how often their locals are and their MSSs, they don't have the chances that we have in Europe has. So everyone's probably just like straight, like aiming for the gold, you know? So mm-hmm. kudos to all of them. It's just, it's just like a Korean. That internationals is probably going to be huge too. So, I, I'm really excited to watch Australia. This,
0: yeah, and it's probably going to be at a good time for viewing as well. So, we'll see how that goes. And, uh, that should be cool. Also, having two regionals on the same weekend is going to be just even that much more content to talk about. So, the last one on the list is something that I debated whether or not to include just because it's. A little bit of speculation, but it is significant in the sense that there is an officially newly published patent that Nintendo applied for. It's titled Content Holding System, Storage Medium, and Content Holding Server. Now, the significance of this is that it was applied for by Nintendo, and the patent itself hints at integrating Pokemon across multiple games with evolving histories. This approach would shift the franchise towards a persistent world beyond just Pokemon Home. So what you'd be able to do is Pokemon that you move from one game to the next would still have the, I guess, like the... The markings or the the uh, like the history of that game that you're bringing it from into where it is into the new game that it's coming from, because I think the way that home currently works is it strips some of that away. So it's just making Pokemon home that much more dynamic and more receptive to the Pokemon that you're putting through it. So like Fru-Fru, for example, I know that it's not currently in Scarlet and Violet, nor would it be maybe in the future, but it's like there's this whole thing about the various forms that it has when it goes into home and then out of it, or like Vivian is another one. So potentially with this new change to Pokemon Home, which there's no information as to when this could occur or what this could actually mean, it could just be a new patent that's being filed just for the sake of it, but it's like that could retain some of the information of that form or the significance of where you caught it or maybe some of the moves or something along those lines. So this could make it easier for future generations to be able to have Pokemon Home implemented that much quicker or maybe even take Pokemon Home beyond just a Pokemon storage system and even go further into you know, other uses such as maybe even like battling or something along those lines. I don't know for sure. but. I just thought that it was significant enough because when Nintendo files a patent they do like to just hold on to things and keep everybody else from using them but they do sometimes also actually like utilize this kind of stuff so we all know that Pokemon is certainly ripe for improvements and bringing it into the next generation and so something like this could help with that so we'll see what ends up happening with it it could ultimately be nothing but just wanted to to share it because it was actually like a news piece that I saw that came up that I was like, oh, that's actually kind of interesting. Okay, the final piece of news is really a larger topic that we wanted to get into. So, kind of a surprise drop today, where it came out on uh, Twitter. It was posted by Joe Merrick that he had hands on like a hands-on review or preview of the Indigo disc of the next DLC for Scarlet and Violet, which like that's so, so exciting for him to be able to have, it seems like exclusive, like an exclusive play uh, of it and then be able to actually provide his, his thoughts and his, you know, some, some gameplay that he had as well as actually provide some new information that hadn't been shown yet. And, it was kind of exciting to be able to watch the video that he put up and then you know some of the, a lot of the speculation that's come out from it. So here's just some like some of the uh the overall higher level pieces of information that came from the review that he had and, and his findings, which I would highly suggest going to check it out and reading through it if you are interested. So some of the big ones are, and you may have already seen it, but there are returning TMs including, but not limited to, Expanding Force, Triple Axle, Skitter Smack, Meteor Beam Shore, Breaking Swipe, but Scorching Sands, Curse, Coaching, Electra Web, and more. Expanding Force coming back as a TM may mean that NDD Female and Male and Hatterene could be getting Expanding Force again, or some of the new heavy hitters such as monkey dory which would make john extremely happy all could be immensely buffed with the return of those tms and being able to actually utilize them triple axel on uh chen Pao or scorching sands on pokemon that needs some you know ground well, coverage that. She, that, that would be yeah that would be pretty that would be great on gu because that immediately hurts Heatran, which had been like such a hard counter to it Coaching coming back is nice for, you know, Riolu, but maybe it also is seen on some of the other fast Pokemon. Like, imagine scream, <laughs> imagine Screamtail gets coaching. You know what I mean? Like, it already gets Howl. Like, imagine it gets coaching for that defensive buff also. Like, there's so many ways you could take this, and it makes me more excited to see what these teams can be.
2: Imagine Mousehold getting coaching and then Annihilate just using bulk up and just getting plus two on turn one. Yeah. how How gross. You're right.
1: You're a hateful person. Is what you are.
2: <laughs> <laughs> How gross would that be? Seems um, probably like planning. Yeah, I've also
1: seen tell of uh, people hinting at Chin Pao triple axel. Yeah, um, which which really at, at this point you're just making it mega weavile That's that's what this
2: Pokemon is at this point.
0: Yeah, that's what's become. Yeah, better ability, faster, stronger.
2: Yeah, exactly. Does does Team Glue already get curse? It doesn't, right? Because I could see you getting curse. Yeah, I don't think it
0: does.
1: That would be pretty think, sick on it, yeah.
2: Yeah, I think Don Dozo, because I remember I'm trying to remember
1: if like from the Alex Gomez team, I think Don Dozo has curse. I don't believe Ting Wu does.
2: Yeah. I, some of these could be insane. Like who I mean, I guess you give Wo Chan Skitter Smack and just call it a day, just out of sure. like, pity.
0: I couldn't At even that, tell you what <laughs> Skitter Smack does. I totally totally I think it, it lowers so their
2: attack. Oh, okay. So it makes sense, yeah. I
1: guess. On an already attack lowering mon that sounds <laughs> annoying.
0: <laughs> I'm I'm excited to see what what these like what a new or what returning TMs could potentially be. Because like breaking swipe obviously is a is a, a move that currently exists, which we've seen on Roaring Muda a bunch, but to give it as a TM, it's like what else could actually want Breaking Swipe that doesn't currently have it, you know. Speaking of moves. Joe also kind of released the fact that there are two new moves that that are coming in addition to those that we've already seen. Um, the one was like the like the priority fake out and the other one was that psychic attack um that I can't remember. But psychic noise. Psychic noise, right. And so he was able to show um supercharged cell which sounds like an electric move, but he didn't go into detail of what it is. The other one is called Hard Press, which is a Steel-type move that does more damage the higher the opposing Pokemon's HP is, a.k.a. it's a Steel-type Crush Grip, which is the signature move of Regigigas. So a Steel-type that is maybe fast or bulky enough to be able to have like a 120 base power move, something like Assault Vest Metagross, or I don't know um in gambit getting hard press could be very very strong
2: the thing i really got excited about when hearing that is just like this is crush grip that could be super effective against true something. yeah so, that's a good point terraferry heatran gets crush gripped and then it just dies you know what i mean so it'll it's definitely something to like really look at like oh like this is This is bigger than just crush group. This is a crush group that can be super effective. And it's not like you really need much to do to Fluttermane, but Terra Fairy itself will definitely, it it might die down just because of this one move, depending who gets it. Right. And that's, of course,
0: how it's always going to be. Like the fact that, you know, Scald came back in the in, in kitakami in uh the, the teal mask, but it was a limited distribution where not every single Pokemon that had it before got it back. You know, so it's like I could see them doing that and continuing to do that as a way to keep the gain balance game uh, balance, you know, as opposed to just like, oh you're steel type, you automatically get it. Or oh you're a psychic type, you automatically get psychic noise. Some of the other information that he showed off is about the actual like the size of the map and like the map itself. Um, as we already knew, it was dissected into those four environments where it's like the, you know, here's the jungle region, here's the snow, here's the desert, here's the beach. And so all of these four environments were easily spread out and it was actually bigger than Kitakami, but not quite as big as Paudea. So he suggests this might actually be the, like the largest Pokemon expansion that we've ever had, which is very exciting. It is set in the Unova region, which is now it's definitively confirmed. I think it was probably already confirmed, but that was set in his review um, with a bunch of musical inspirations taken from Gen 5, which is neat. But as of now, still no information about like you know any direct link to Unova beyond the fact that it just exists there. The area itself does not have any like towns or cities, but there's a bunch of areas that you can go to and explore, and you'll see... Uh, gatherings of the blueberry academy students will be there so you can like talk to them or battle them and whatnot for the battles themselves all of them are double battles which is which is very cool we were kind of talking about it in our discord server earlier today but john was very excited because this is a way for the casual fan to really learn about doubles battles because as joe explains a lot of the trainers have held items and strategies and team compositions that are akin to real double battle and VGC strategies, such as Prankster Whimsicott with Grassy Terrain while holding a Grassy Seed, or po- or teams with Double Intimidate, or even, and Will will appreciate this, Toxic Orb Zangoose and other things of that nature. Joe had a team of level 80 that he was given by... Uh, Game Freak or like the, the Pokemon Company when he was testing this out, but then when he got to the Elite Four, he faced off with a trainer called Amaris, who might be like the Steel type trainer, and said that the team that he had would not be able to win. And then was given a curated level eighty eight set of t- uh, Pokemon to be able to to take her on in order to to beat her. So it's like this could actually be a pretty challenging set of trainers to play if you wanted to go and battle them. I don't think I battled any more trainers than I absolutely had to in the Teal Mask, but this level of challenge makes me kind of think that, yeah, maybe I do give it a shot, and not just go in with a level of, you know, a team of six, level 100, all legendaries, and just, like, blast through it, you know? What do you guys think? Are you Would you want to try and get through it as quickly as possible with as strong Pokemon as you can, or maybe go in with, like, level a team of like 84 85 and see just how challenging
1: it could be i think simply because i just signed up for charlotte this evening Mm -hmm. um i'm definitely going to try and run through it quickly you know see what mods are available get get what i want get what i need start getting like team builds going i think we have it's not quite as Fast as um, Reg E was, like from like the release of the DLC to Peoria. I think now we've got like a month in our hands, and then we've got like Portland before Charlotte, I believe. So I, I definitely will want to double back once I actually finish the DLC and do those battles that you were mentioning. I really enjoyed those in Kitakami. I actually really liked having to go out in the land and find all of those um, like masked trainers um and battle them with their ridiculous strategies um it was it was definitely a lot of fun i I tried my best not to like look anything up beforehand i just wanted to see what they brought to the table it was it was a blast so i'll definitely be doing that that again
2: i'm excited just for like the double battle aspect because it's like you 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 don't since double battles have been introduced like in game you haven't really seen it too much so, like, having a whole area dedicated to double battles is like, oh, we're kind of, like, tipping our hats to VGC, you know? Yeah. And it's like they they had
0: they had whole games that were dedicated to just double battles in Pokemon Coliseum and Pokemon Coliseum XD. Those are all double battles. They weren't as, like, well-received when they were initially released. So, they've kind of just gone away. I love the way that Emerald Version did the, the double battles where you could, like walk into one on accident because of just two trainers just uh, looking at you at the same time, or you could challenge them individually if you wanted that single player, that single battle experience. So I am curious to see how they're going to do with these scripted double battles. And it's like, are they going to actually switch effectively? You know, are they going to have protect and fake out and tailwind? And is there going to be a trick room trainer? Like it, it could be kind of cool to be able to see that. And uh, I don't know, maybe, you know, maybe you do bring a side spam team or maybe you bring Hero Vumi's team and, and just try to, like go through them that way. But we'll see what happens. Uh, the other big thing from the review is that Terra shards can now be picked up as items just as they, they've kind of they've been show, um, items that you could pick up on the ground that were like, you know, the sparkly uh, the sparkly item in area zero. But you can do so now, and Joe mentioned that he picked up Rock Terror Shards, and then he was very surprised to see that he actually picked up 18 at the same time, which is just another quality of life improvement that I'm very happy that Game Freak is making because they heard us clearly, very loud and clear about just how annoying it was to need 50 shards to be able to change a terratype. So they give us the glimmering charm for additional shards in raids and now they let you pick up a dozen plus, you know, shards at once in the next DLC. So like they're they're getting closer and closer to that idea of being like you could theoretically build a team from scratch in like an hour and a half if you don't have if you have just like enough of the the uh, the stuff around you. So I'm a, I'm a big fan of that for sure. But yeah, I mean it comes out it releases in what? Like 4 weeks two we-
2: Is it 4 weeks? I thought it was 2.
0: It, well, it's December 14th. It it, it drops. Oh, yeah. So um you know, after this coming weekend is Thanksgiving and then it's just like 3 weeks from there, so it's like it'll be here before we know it. Oh, last, last quick thing. Um, there's some like different sh- like different information that was sort of that was sort of said about whether the starter Pokemon were going to be available immediately in the wild, or if you had to sort of progress to a point. Joe said that he didn't see any, but it's just possible that he may not have been looking at the right place because he wasn't allowed to go to area zero. So I'm not quite sure, but it's gonna be cool to see that all the starters available. And with that being said, I did watch a video from Austin John earlier today, and he's projecting that with the conclusion of DLC 2, there will be anywhere between 730 to 790 individual Pokemon that are available in Scarlet and Violet, which is a pretty sick number. I mean, sure, a good chunk of those are going to be, you know, unused Pokemon, whether they are, you know, early stage or like, you know, middle stage and then, of course, there's going to be legendaries that aren't allowed, but like 700 plus Pokemon all in one game. I realize they can't do all a thousand plus at this point. That's a pretty that's a pretty sizable portion of of the game of like the available, you know, population. Yeah, that's super good.
1: Real quick. I I actually just realized something going through and discussing this when you're mentioning the whole like four sections terrarium uh, environment that this dlc is going to be i think it's really neat the way that pokemon did this that the two dlcs are actually like past and future concepts because like in the teal yeah. mask you have you've yeah. got like the Kanto region that's really traditional and in the country and they have like everything like they're all set in their traditional ways and you know it's all like really old-timey but then you've got you know what's coming out now the indigo disc where you know you've got like this super futuristic concept where like a lot of your um, species from different generations are actually found in like this one giant biome and they all coexist together, albeit in their different environments. I just think that's really really neat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it I just blew agree. my mind. Yeah, like that's that,
0: that's something it's I holy didn't think about, but that that is really cool. Um, I also have you guys ever seen the movie? biodome with uh paulie shore yeah (laughs) that's all that i'm gonna be thinking about
2: while playing this there better be a paulie shore character now
0: i would highly suggest not watching this movie it's not a good movie but it also is relatively (laughs) funny so but anyway yeah so the second dlc comes out very soon any other thoughts on the stuff that we saw today
2: guys I think I did see a thing saying that old trainers were returning to oh, and there cool. was like there was like a old there like there's a couple old things from like older games that are like returning that he can't mention, and then he's like I think I read something where it's like oh yeah and some old trainers are coming back and I'm like oh cool like you could see red and blue or something uh you know that it'll be kind of cool to like see uh you know maybe like protagonists from each game like you see red blue you see gold silver you see brendan may you know i i feel like that'd be cool and then it it seems like they're just going to come back as teachers that's my guess Hmm. because you're at the school yeah but like it definitely gives like oh there's going to be a battle frontier vibes or battle tree which you know if that's the case then you have to think of the 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 bp points and you know, what can you get with them? Because before what, what what was it? It was bottle caps and mints. I right. think you had so like maybe it'll be like now it'll be like ability patch and uh you know, gold bottle caps and stuff like that. Where the it's the rusty
1: like, bottle cap, they finally show. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs>
2: let's let's hope. Uh, don't don't get these people's hope up, hopes up. True. Oh no, yeah. my hopes are up.
0: It could be it could be cool. And hopefully we just see Parent again.
2: I I want her to come back me too you know what <laughs> <laughs> their parents are the only reason i played kidikami i stay there I i'll take pictures
1: you know we will help you her know. take everywhere
2: <laughs> i know <laughs> exactly. we'll just exactly. sleep in a tent somewhere yeah. Yeah. in the middle of nowhere yeah. you know that's not weird at all no. we just met <laughs> but you know what i am here for it those genes exactly Ooh.
0: and on that note <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying this again, but before this devolves further, we are going to move on (laughs) to the next piece of our topic. Um, Oh, and just like as a disclaimer, uh, you're probably wondering like, well, what are the Pokemon that are coming back? You got to be talking about that. And yes, we hear you. That is very true because there are going to be some, some new Pokemon that are coming back that certainly do deserve to be talked about. We'll do that a little bit closer to the release of of the indigo disc before uh, before diving into that
2: because that's a whole episode, yeah, for sure. For that's sure, like right? theory crafting, whole episode. Yeah. reminiscing. yeah,
0: this is just like the you know, this is the appetizer before the main course. So but anyway, let's move on to l a i c. Congratulations to Marco Silva, first and foremost, for winning LAIC, representing Italy to take home the Latin American International Championship, a very phenomenal uh, run for Marco taking down uh, Tiago in the finals. And it was a very fun match to watch. Uh, I I liked all of the uh, championship sunday stuff the uh they were all pretty good pretty good games but uh yeah i mean marco had a had a really good team and we'll be covering that for sure um we did have some predictions that were pretty spot on if i'm if i say if i'm going to say for so myself and uh, if you were in the discord you're able to check those out we do have the winner for the those on the podcast Tim had seven correct of the eight. And from Discord, Roe VGC also had seven. So massive congratulations to you for getting nearly all of them correct. Some of the big ones, of course, being that the region who won was EU. Uh, there were five Urshifu in the top eight. The under was four and a half. And all five were Rapid Strike, which is interesting. Uh, there were three Goldengo in the top eight. Uh, Arcanine Hisuian did win its fifth Regulation E tournament, which is just insane. It's just on a hot streak for sure. It is rocking and rolling. And other ones we'll get into as well. But um and then I see very, very exciting. You know, it was also cool. It was a little bit nice surprise for me just being like oh the stream starting on friday and being able to watch a little bit of that here and there so that was uh, that was cool i always enjoy that but it was a uh, a pretty fun tournament from what i understand um the reggie lecky was certainly like the shock of the tournament you know and uh other than that some pretty fun teams here and there including like a, a very interesting bronzong team that we saw but we kind of talked about it a little bit, but you guys didn't have a chance to watch too much of LA AIC. Is that correct?
2: Oh yeah, I, I watched some of it. Uh, LAIC. I, I think I watched day two and day three. I watched a little bit of day one though. Um, okay. Oh, it, it was it was pretty cool. Like good. the top cuts were pretty cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'm in the exact same boat as him. I was, I was kind of in and out for work on that Friday, and then. Saturday I was a bit more tuned in, um, but you know, we got family stuff to do on the weekends. And then Sunday I was pretty, I was, I'd say I was fairly locked in the championship Sunday once the game started rolling.
0: Yeah. So looking at the teams, the winning team, obviously, as we said from Marco Silva, he brought with him a Mungus Tornadus incarnate, of course, Iron Hands, Arc, uh, Hisuian Arcanine, Goldengo and Urshifu Rapid Strike. Some of the interesting techs that he had. Uh Protect on Tornadus with Rocky Helmet and the Steel Terra, in addition to Tailwind, Rain Dance, and Bleak Wind Storm. Assault Vest Iron Hands with Volt Switch, no Heavy Slam. Uh Choice Band, Hisuian Arcanine with the uh the standard uh standard three attacks in Flare Blitz, Rock Slide, and Extreme Speed, but instead of Fairy Terra Blast. It was Head Smash. So just going with the Fairy Terra for defensive reasons. Uh, Mystic Water Urshifu Rapid Strike and Lefty's Nasty Plot Goldengo. So certainly not a team out of the ordinary that we haven't seen before. But when, but it's a solid team. As always, we uh, we see you know just good players able to pilot really good teams and have good success with them, which is certainly not surprising what do you guys think of teams like this? Like when, when you see a team like this kind of win where it doesn't have necessarily too much that is out of the ordinary outside, of course, maybe some EVs that are going to be different here and there. Are you like, Oh, this is, this is cool. I could do something like this or, Oh, this is kind of boring or, you know, Oh, this is, this is be a fun team to play in a best of three, but not necessarily one. I would want to play on ladder or
2: or whatever. What about you, uh, Tony? (laughs) uh, I, I do like the balance esque like idea behind it where it's just like yeah you got the firewater grass core you have the tailwind the tailwind and gold dango it just feels like ever since regulation a it's kind of been uh, it's always been such a, a threat and um a over ogre ponds like it, it's starting to come up more again where it's just like oh we had our fun with ogre pond and the is rising back up which is like it's kind of cool to see kind of you know you kind of get annoyed by spores that's just me honestly but no, it, it's a solid team still. Like no matter what, how you look at it, and uh, I do want to mention that this is Marco Silva's second international win. Uh, only him and Ashton Cox are the two two-time international winners. So, big congratulations to Marco Silva on that.
0: That's awesome for sure. Yeah, I
2: didn't know that. That yeah, it's pretty insane. Like only two people ever.
0: It's wild. What about you, Tyler? Do you, you uh, are you interested in playing a team
1: like this? I like balance. I'm, I'm a I'm a bit of a balance nerd, especially with um, a team like this where it's got like uh, like I, of course I, I could run back and you know go through and try to guesstimate his spreads during the matches, but uh, you know EB's aside, like just like the the tiny like. Texts that you have on this team, like everybody's got to protect that needs to protect or that can have a protect, right? You know, obviously a soul vest and choice band that all those don't work. Putting protect on tornadoes isn't unheard of, but it is mildly unusual. Um, the Terra steel again, not unheard of, mildly unusual. Um, protect on a Moongus. I know that fourth slot seems to be, I don't want to say controversial, but it's it's normally either protect or like a clear smog or something. that nature and it's just it's it's cool because you 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 really understand all of your matchups with a team like this um you really don't have to um go into a battle with no answers you have answers to pretty much everything across the board and a lot of it just comes down to your own individual skill level and being able to pilot the team appropriately Um, for instance as much as i love making pokemon Take naps by force. Um, I have yet mm-hmm. to figure out how to work a Because guys. I've I've only been doing PGC for like a year, and I have not figured that out yet. But it's a great, Mon. It always seems to pop up. Yeah, I, I would enjoy a team like this personally.
0: Yeah, yeah, Amoongus is definitely something that I hadn't used much, but just absolutely fell in love with it in like regulation B and C. It's just yeah, it's it's phenomenal. Okay, and Marco defeated Tiago. In the finals, Tiago had the team of the tournament, I would probably, I would venture to say. And it's also one that the they actually dropped the uh, the EVs for it. So we have Focus Sash, Flutter uh, which is just a max speed, max special attack, Timid Set, um, Dazzling Gleam, Moonblast, Shadow Ball Protect. Then we have Tornadus uh, with... Safety goggles, uh, Terra Dark, which is interesting, and then just max HP, max special defense, or um, I'm sorry, max HP, max regular defense, and then four special defense, 28 speed EVs, which is interesting, Um, Bleak Storm Tailwind, Rain Dance, and Protect, Regilecki with the magnet, Terra Type Ice, Thunderbolt, Electro Web, and Terra Blast. Now, it was not max speed. It was a whole mixture of 244 H, uh, HP EVs, 36 defense, 196 special attack, 12 special defense, and 20 speed. And we had Life Orb, Chi Yu. We had, uh, with, uh, with heat, we, a heat Wave over Heat and Snarl and Protect, uh, Wellspring Ogre Pond. And Psychic Seed Indeedee with Psychic Follow Me and Helping Hand and Protect. This is a very cool team. Um, I'm kind of interested what some of these EVs on the uh, Reggie Leckie do. Uh, The the speed stat that it's able to hit is 245 because of the, uh, the timid nature that it has. So 245, I guess, in Tailwind is... Probably makes it faster than, it's not faster than Booster Bundle, but it might be faster than some of the other Booster Speed Pokemon that are out there. But the Electric Web is certainly going to help. Um, but this is a very hyper-offense team, and like the NDD is really cool because it's able to shut down that priority that could hurt something like a Fluttermane or Lecky or even a Chi Yu. Follow me, of course, is able to help out dramatically with sucker punch if the psychic terrain does ever run out or it's changed because of, you know, ice spinner or grassy terrain or something like that. Just a lot of damage on on this team. And I think it was even said over the weekend, it makes a ton of sense. But it's like the Chi-Yu ability offsets the transistor nerf a little bit for Reggie Lecky, So it's able to still do a lot of damage with Thunderbolt and Electro Web and even Terra Blast. It nuked a uh, a Lando T on stream, so that was pretty cool to see. But uh, this is a fun scene. Have either of you had a chance to play it? Apparently, it's popped up on ladder a ton because of the fact that all the EV is available.
1: So I've not played the team. I'm going to give myself a little bit of a pat on the back. Uh, right when Reg D was announced and the Transistor nerf was announced, I wanted to see if I could make Regieleki work on Showdown, so I ended up making it a Terra Ice Terra Blast with the Magnet um, because it it made up what the Transistor nerf lost, um, but I did not have a good supportive, like, I didn't have good enough supportive pieces around the Reggie Lucky to, like, really make it shine. Um, here, I think, um, Tiago did a fantastic job figuring that out. Um, you said that the Reggie lucky speed hit 245 That is correct. I I don't know my speed calcs because I'm steaming hot garbage um, but I do believe that was to outspeed your scarf boys like Lando and mm. Urshifu. Oh that makes sense. And to make sure you could you could either a Terra blast murder it to death um, or B, be able to electroweb them down, and then just be able to finish them off with a secondary attack. I want to say it
2: outspeeds Dragapult also.
0: Yeah, it, well, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna outspeed Dragapult for sure. Yeah, and yeah, Lando with plus speed, yeah, it's two thirty five, so it's gonna be faster than that, and it's faster than that. You're cooking out there, going, are zooming basically everything else.
1: Yeah, and then I do like the. Uh, <laughs> I know this is always interesting to see but the the swords dance ogre pawn over the um follow me variant i like i like the offense more here for this team particularly um the psychic surge um gives the ogre pawn a bit more wiggle room to set up a swords dance like that because it can't be hit with priority moves so that's super helpful
0: yeah but a very interesting very interesting set and uh Reggie Leckie kind of did fall off, like it hadn't been used at all. But then like to see it come back, you know, is is very, very neat and really perform well. Because it was on stream like early on because of the fact that it was a Reggie Leckie. And I, cause I remember watching this team on like day one, one of the early, early uh streamed games, because Tiago is a local player from Brazil. So they wanted to feature that. And then to see him get all the way to the finals is pretty pretty special for a a hometown player like that.
2: They had a pretty good crowd for him. I'm not oh, yeah. going to lie, I was pretty hyped. I was just like, oh my god, I want him to win.
0: Definitely. Okay, so those were the top two teams. Uh, looking over the rest of the top eight, some of the other uh, big names, Riley Factora getting fourth. So they just continue to go on their their dominant run through vgc 2024 interesting little turn uh turn of events with joe ux9 he was technically finished ninth initially but then there was a disqualification and the player who was eighth was disqualified entirely so joe was able to move up into the top eight slot uh, did not play in the top eight matches, but still gets top eight CP and prize money. So pretty exciting for him. Uh, Josh Lorsey placing fifth with a uh, Lando T, Roaring Moon, Iron Hands, Amoongus, He Heatran, Fluttermane. They are uh, like so, you know, certainly kudos to them. Pretty interesting top eight. Anything jump out to you guys that you wanted to touch on
1: before we look at the uh, meta as a whole? I mean, Joe brought a uh, a Reggie Drago. I mean, I know he didn't. He made top eight, but he didn't make top eight. You know what I'm saying? I still think it's nice to talk about. We were, you know, just discussing Alecky. Really good to talk about his big ugly brother, Reggie Drago, as well. Um, Terra poison with uh, dragon fang, dragon energy, Draco meteor, earth power, and protect. It's fun. Um, you don't you don't see those too often. I, I know they're starting to pick up in usage a little bit more now. But yeah, it's it's been a little bit. I I, I like I like seeing the uh the
2: resurfacing on some of these mons. I'd like to point out the one Cresselia because it's just it's the only one. Like yeah. even if you let's hypothetically like there's a there's a Ursaluna team that's number 10 that does not have Cresselia. it actually has a bronzong, you know, and it's just like it's kind of it's kind of weird to see like how Cresselia kind of fell off from that uh the stereotype core at this point. And now it's just like, it's on a balanced team. Um, But other than that, Joshua Lorci's team is also pretty cool because I don't know if it's intended, but it is a fantasy core balance. And yeah, I I really like the way that team looks. It looks really fun. And also shout out to Riley because still just destroying everything in his path.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, it's a very, very impressive run that he's on for sure. All right. So we have day one and day two information. So looking at the full day one information, um, Fluttermane, Iron Hands, Landerstherian, Urshifu, Rapid Strike, and Tornadus are still your your top six Pokemon with uh 53% usage for Fluttermane down to 29% usage for uh Tornadus. But Flutterman, Fluttermane and Iron Hands were over 50%. But that was the cat. I was actually very happy to see that that's where the meta has kind of shifted. Like if you were to tell me, you know, two months ago that we would reach a point in the in the in the tournament, like in the regionals where Fluttermane was not on nearly 50% of teams, I would have been surprised, like very surprised. So it's cool that we've reached that point because of how many new toys and how many new avenues that people have found to be able to either play without it or play against it. And uh, it's it's pretty neat that it's come down because it was at like 70, 75% at its peak. So having it come down it is certainly, certainly good. Iron Hands creeping up, you know, because it, it pairs very well with Landorus Therian and Heatran um, and Urshifu Rapid Strike. Well, Ogre Pond dipped a bit. If you look at both of them combined, maybe it's a little bit higher. But the highest one being Wellspring at 18%. It's doing Arcanine at 23%. But Rillaboom and Amoongus have retaken the top grass type from Ogre Pond, it seems. With them being at 26% for Rillaboom and 23% for Amoongus on day one. Anything of these usage rates that jump out to you guys for uh, for day one teams? I I miss Uh
1: um, really? Okay, yeah, that's kind of my thing. I I really like that little guy, or girl. I really like that little girl. She's just a really cool Pokemon, man. Like she like it really is. Um, being able to put on a mask and completely change your typing, and then to come out and wreck anything you put your cudgel on. <laughs> like it's it's a really fun mind but i like i understand why the usage has been dropping and it is still a very physical meta and ogrepon does not have the gnarliest of defenses you know decent decent hp stat pretty good special defense stat especially when you're looking at like the uh, you know the terra water wellspring Ogrepan, but as far as the actual physical defense is concerned being able to just be completely obliterated by like a single rock slide from a choice band arcanine or a you know, choice far Flanders that's kind of a problem so I, I understand it but it doesn't mean i have to like it
2: <laughs> fair enough tony um one of the things that i want to point out is that the giraffe is at 11 percent. i have to point that out okay um yeah, you know, d- definitely have to point it out. It's above Dragonite, so it's obviously better and more superior than anything else here. So, do you think? Do you think the usage will increase once it gets Psychic Noise? I don't know. Like Psychic Noise, kind of sounds like a cool move. Like I think it'll be good because of like Porygon <laughs> Two coming back with Recover, and but like I don't see it doing a crazy, crazy amount. Maybe it'll stop Drain Punch, so it could be like kind of screw Iron Hands over just a little bit maybe so, maybe the grassy terrain stuff too i'm so sorry i had to put you on the giraffe
1: tangent i just i felt the need i wanted to see where your brain was at
2: please continue with your assessment <laughs> no that was it that was all i had on that it's just know. like i don't know psychic noise kind of sounds cool we have to see more but yeah, we, uh we got
0: the, the base power on if it like is going to take over for psychic or something like that or shock,
2: right or dazzle. but um so like among Us is at 23 right now which is like kind of interesting because it's like it's right above it's actually equal to heastman arcanine and both of them probably have the best record out of all the moms right now like flutter is still at 53 but it's on the second place or what is it on the second place yeah it's on the second place team not the first place team but like heastman arcanine you know even though it's winning consistent regionals over and over and over and over again it's not rising up as much as you would assume like it's not above lando and lando is still at like number three right and i i I just find that to be interesting in that fact where it's just like lando's good but lando also got fifth like it's consistent for sure but like Heathman arcanine has proven to be even more consistent so it's just that that little trade-off is kind of interesting to me
0: They do kind of play similar but different roles because like most landers at this point are running choice scarf where assuming Arcanine can run band, it can or it can run more of like a citrus berry type, of you know, support set. So I think that sort of separates it enough, whereas like you kind of know what you're going to get when you're facing down a lander is where it's it's really good immediate speed control and you do get that intimidate, which is nice. By Sui and Arcanine having like, you know, dual targeting that you don't have to hit your op- op- your ally with and also just like big direct damage and plus two priority is also great. So, yeah, you're right. It's just like it does it does what it, it does the damage aspect of Landris's job much better. It's certainly not as fast, but with plus two priority it doesn't need to be. And with that uh, great fairy Terra, it's able to just be a phenomenal defensive Pokemon as, as well.
2: Yeah, it's just one of those things where it's like, like you could argue consistency with Landorus, but you could also argue the same consistency with Arcanine with even more options. So it's like it's that it, it's just something to think about. Where it's just like, huh, like I wonder why, yeah. like in the long run, right.
0: And the long run is going to get you to hopefully day two, which is what we're going to shift gears to a little bit. So this is looking at the top 34 teams that were able to play well enough to make it into day two of LAIC, or at least top cut anyways. And for for this, uh, Iron Hands leapfrogged Fluttermane to have usage just a tick above 55% of those teams. Fluttermane at 52%. Urshifu Rapid Strike and Landorus then as your fourth, but Amoongus actually jumping into the top six at number five and Tornadus at uh and Heatran, I guess, also there because they're also they're all tied with 13 appearances. Goldango at 12. It really jumped from where it was in the top uh like on day one being only at uh, 17%, but then if you shrink it down to the top cut teams, up to 35% is quite the significant jump and one that Tim was spot on for commenting on and, and bringing it up for the over-unders for last week because it did perform well, making you know quite a splash in this tournament. And then as we saw, making into top eight with three of them on those eight teams, increasing its usage even further, which is certainly very, very cool for it. Rillaboom dipped a little bit, only 11 of the 34 teams. Uh, Hisuian Arcanine, nine of those 34, but then moving into the top eight, it is on four of them. So it's like it had 50% usage in the top eight. So yeah, I mean, it was able to convert only nine appearances and four of them went on to top eight, which is certainly very significant. Nine Roaring Moon in those top 34 teams. Beyond that, nothing out of the ordinary, except, of course, for that Bronzong. Do you guys want to talk about that Bronzong team? Because we're in, the, like, in that, you know, nine to 34
2: range. It's interesting. It is surprising. It-
0: I just wanted to bring it up because it's it's weakness it's... policy, weak armor, armor rouge with stored power, endure, expanding force, heat wave, guts, Ursa Luna with Terra type, ghost and shadow claw, and facade and earthquake. I guess to be able to proc endure, which is wild. Choice specs, Torkoal, booster energy, Roaring Moon with breaking swipe, a U-turn, earthquake and tailwind. I guess also again to proc weakness policy. Power bracer bronzong with Levitate and Fire Terra. So you get the heat proof in a way while also keeping Levitate. The Power Bracer to drop that speed so that way you have body press, skill swap, trick room, and iron defense. So you can skill swap <laughs> levitate onto one of your Pokemon if you want to. Next week can like then safely earthquake. And of course, iron press or uh, iron defense and body press to be able to do damage. And then safety goggles in DD. It's just a very unique team. And like seeing that bronze on it is very cool to uh, to have. It's it reminds me of the power. What was it? Power bracer or power anklet uh, scream tail that someone bought or uh, brought several uh, several months ago. That was pretty cool. Just able to work in trick room because it's like having that speed.
2: I just want to know what it's supposed to under speed. Like Bronzog is not super fast. I, I'm wondering if it's supposed to underspeed Torkoal so then you could skill swap the levitate onto it and then reset drought. Probably. You know, that makes sense. Yeah, I can see that. Because then, yeah, then you can
0: bring in the uh, Ursaluna.
2: This is a ladder team if I've seen them.
0: Perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, for the rest of the the top eight, nothing too out of the ordinary anything else you guys wanted to comment on for laic
2: there's two ursalunas but no blood moon
0: it uh didn't make the cut i guess
2: don't make me sad i've been trying
0: know. really hard i know i know
2: <laughs>
0: you'll get it to work eventually i'm sure
1: already no known, blood moon it. In it... all
2: no no blood moon in the top 34
1: wow there's an ursa ring what do you mean there's no blood moon
2: there's no ursaluna blood moon there's regular ursaluna And regular Ursaluna actually got 10th and 12th with my giraffe and with Bronzong. And I'm kind of upset because the number 12 team kind of looks like kind of similar to the team I was playing before. Oh, there's the Salmons. Oh, my goodness. Don't make me look at this because then I'll just go on a rant. There's two Bramble (laughs) Gas. (laughs) Jesus.
0: And that's how it begins. Uh, And that's (laughs) how we. (laughs) <laughs> that's how we get off topic. But yeah, I think LAIC was cool. I am interested to see what things change, what things stay the same because it seems like the uh like that, you know, Tornadus sort of hyper offense team with some good damage dealers and good uh good bulky defense and intimidate is sort of the way to go. Uh, I'll be interested to see just if like Amongus continues to climb the ranks and go up in usage because it uh, fell off a bit with Ogre Pond, but it's coming back and back and back into the fold. I'm curious if that is going to continue along with Roaring Moon. Like there was a, there was a point in the early day one streams where it was like, there was four Roaring Moons on those teams in a row. It was like, it was is wild. All four Roaring Moons on, on the, uh, the, the two stream games were, were all there. So it's like, it seems to be coming back into Vogue as well. I mean, there were nine in the top 34 and then looking at the top 8 there was only one so it didn't have the the conversion rate but it's kind of getting creeping back up there as well into usage because just that you know spread being able to, like the support set as well as the dragon dance set are both very very good i mean it was uh it was at 18% for the entire tournament which is not too far off the uh the top 12 so but yeah that was the first international challenge of or international championship of 2024, closing the books on LAIC. Again, massive congratulations to Marco Silva, taking it home for Italy and for himself, ultimately. And I guess that concludes this episode of the VGC Trainer School podcast. So we will say our goodbyes. Tony, start with you.
2: Hasta la fuego.
0: And Tyler. Recording stopped.
2: <laughs> Don't do that. That creeps me out.
0: It's it's it's, so it's, it's too accurate. Yeah, it's, it's too so good. terrifying. <laughs>
2: it's like they hung up on me, these bastards. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and with that, we hope you enjoy. Thank you very much for sticking around and listening. And uh have a fantastic rest of your day. And if you celebrate Thanksgiving, hope you enjoy that as well. So take care, everyone. Class dismissed.